I would like to be traded to any other team but the New England Patriots. Big brain predictions. That's what I got. Take it off, sir. This Washington football team beat the Steelers. And that person. EDP. Yes, but if you lose this game, I firmly believe we do not need to make playoffs. So Don't you ever disrespect me. <laughs> <laughs>Welcome back, welcome, 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 welcome to After Further Review, episode number 39. I am your co-host, Jalen Brown. I'm your other wonderful co-host, Shaquille Brown. Shaq, I'm going to turn down the music just a tad because apparently last week it was a little too loud and ended up getting a nice fat copyright block, so... Yeah. <laughs> if you tried to watch last week's episode, it is permanently unavailable, which is why you should listen to the audio version. And that's why you should listen to it live in general. Yeah, right? there you go. You wouldn't have to deal with that. Exactly. Just, just catch it. <laughs> just like that. Beat YouTube to the point. So. Exactly. Before they can even realize what's going on. Exactly. Shaq, how has your week been since we recorded last week? Ah, uh, nothing, nothing. Just work, you know. Trying to get out there. Trying to, yep. Trying to get myself noticed. Take <laughs> that how you want. <laughs> See, you would not like to go into any further detail on that. Uh just exchange your words with individuals. Let them know that I'm here for business and pl- <laughs> business. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Folks, Shaq's doing well. Exactly. Yeah, I tell, tell him I do abdominal surgery for a living. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope we are y'all's weekend. Wonderful. He's clearly having a great week. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll let you know that. Um, yeah, we were drinking... Uh, Golden Monkey, it's Funky Buddha, right? Yeah, I think it's. I don't think it's actually. actually off never of mind. Mind. Just threw that out there. It's Victory. <laughs> never heard of them, but uh, yeah, this is their Golden Monkey. A Shaq was holding up triple uh, IPA. Bitch. <laughs> you like to read the little description there? Um, mystical flavors to enlighten you. Nose is loaded with Belgium yeast, character of banana and clove with an equally fruity body balance with a light earthy hop character. Yeah. That is actually a very accurate description. I'm not going to sit here and lie and be like, anytime I read a description, I'm like, oh, it's this note and that note. I'm like, eh, I kind of taste maybe that, but not the rest of it. Everything that was on there, I can taste inside. This little bit of banana, some clove. I didn't, I couldn't identify what it was, but I definitely taste some clove. Very flavorful triple IPA. 9.5% for yep. those of you keeping. Packs a nice punch. <laughs> and, uh, well, as you see, we got about five and a half cans in total from the... <laughs> <laughs> Just open the box, yet somehow it came with five and a half cans. <laughs> I don't know how that worked out. Welcome to Tampa, folks. <laughs> Folks, we are watching game uh, game six of the Western Conference Finals right now uh, between the Clippers and the Suns. So if you can hear the TV in the background as well as the music, 
that's that's what's going on right now folks we, you know we got to keep up with with the game so just try and ignore it if you can't hear it but it shouldn't be too loud um if you would like to watch the show live like we we're just mentioning before we record it every wednesday night at 9 30 p.m eastern standard time uh it is on the melheims media youtube channel if you click the first link down in your description below on spotify or apple uh, you'll be taken to the YouTube channel or the video version of this episode, rather. And then you can just hit subscribe and you can watch all of the Melheim's Media podcast on one channel. So be sure to catch us live. But if you can't, for whatever strange reason, if you have something else maybe going on in your life, uh, you can usually watch the replay if it doesn't get hit with a nice car. Or whatever you're dealing with, you play this in the background and you listen to it while you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Folks. You know, like I said, work. Dishes. Domestic disputes, you know, you just play in the background. <laughs> Soothe the mood. <laughs> exactly. There's no way she ain't mad at you while they be playing in the background. <laughs> Screaming at you and then just go, huh? Oh, it's okay. Yeah, they're right. <laughs> they're right. The Bucks are sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fire Chris Middleton in the sun. <laughs> 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 driving the ship there <laughs> speaking of that is a perfect segue into our first topic of the week which is the status of the eastern conference finals currently tied up at two games apiece after last night's uh atlanta victory uh so eastern conference finals i did predict that the bucks would win i don't remember the exact games sorry folks not that it really matters Shaq, I know you picked the Hawks to win, and you know up until up until yesterday, picking the Hawks, Jesus Christ, uh, picking the Hawks to win seemed uh, ridiculous. But as of today, doesn't seem like too uh, far fetched. Tie game or tied series. The Hawks are without their best player right now, but that seems very temporary. Seems like Trey Young should be back either tomorrow night or the following game. Giannis, on the other hand, he's out. A lot less promising. We have no idea when he's coming back. Uh, yeah, at this point, just the best two out of three. And the Hawks just beat the Bucks without the best player. So... How do you feel about the series now going forward? Oh, for sure. The Hawks definitely need to capitalize on the fact that basically the Bucks don't have their best and probably, in my opinion, only player that is capable and competent. So <laughs> <laughs> they really need Jesus. to. <laughs> <laughs> so they really need to capitalize off of that. But to be honest, 90% of their offense revolves around Giannis. Yes. Whether or not he's the one directly scoring or not. He revolves around him passing the ball out, kicking the ball out, or doing right. something. Drawing so, double team. so the fact that he's not in there, yeah. the The Bucks are definitely going to have an extremely difficult time scoring the basketball, specifically without him being there. Uh, they are unfortunately known for just jacking up the old three ball, whether it calls for it or not. By the way, Milwaukee, it never calls for it in your case, but. It doesn't stop you. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look, Drew Holiday, he can go get his own shot. Chris Middleton, if it's a Tuesday, Thursday, or Sunday afternoon, he can get his own shot. Any other day, forget about it. 
Brooke Lopez, he had a really good start, I think, in the playoffs, but now uh, <laughs> Shannon Sharp said, well, however many minutes Brooke Lopez is playing, it's too many. <laughs> if he's playing 10 minutes, too many. Five minutes, too many. <laughs> Somehow got this, that team got this far in the playoffs. I don't, by the grace yeah. of God. Exactly. However, else I don't know. The stars are aligned for them to get this way, and by the looks of it, like they're shifting out of alignment. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now this series going forward, yes, I did pick the Bucks. I'm gonna go down with my ship, but it seems like this is now the Hawks series to. Uh, to lose at this point because or they're serious to win um yeah they just seem like a much more uh they have a lot better chemistry than milwaukee which is kind of strange to say because the bucks that squad the core of that squad has been together for quite a while now the hawks are a pretty young team nate mcmillan just stepped in as the head coach this year like almost halfway through the year and here they are about to on the verge of going in the finals, but they watching them play, it's like the Hawks just seem really confident and put together and not freaking out, which is strange from a you know a team this young who's never been anywhere close to this situation. Yeah. <clears throat> and Milwaukee, it's just like they all just keep looking at each other, like, oh, these threes ain't going in. What do we do now? And Budenhoser is just clapping on the sideline. He's basically the the Jason Garrett of the <laughs> NBA. Good old Coach Clap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't ever understand his game plan, but yeah, I have little to no faith in the Milwaukee Bucks at this point. I don't see them winning the series. Um, actually, if if Giannis did not come back, I see Atlanta winning this in six. They win the next two games, and that's it. But uh, Shaq, what's your Prediction. Yeah, I was gonna go with that. Yeah, high hopes that they win in six and the Bucks finally get to go home where they belong. So, say hi to the kids and wife. And <laughs> the basketball gods finally heard Shaq's prayers. Yeah, exactly, they're praying for this. <laughs> this is day one. They've been falling on deaf ears for the longest time. Like, yeah, they do not deserve. After they've been talking about playing with food, I've been praying for every day <laughs> that they get to go home and see their kids. <laughs> <laughs> Stop coming out and playing around for what? At first, I was like, Giannis deserves a ring. Giannis does all this work. Now I'm like, Giannis, he wants to chair his own. Doesn't look like he'll be getting one this year. You get, but uh, you'll be right up there next to Dwight Howard as one of my people that I personality wise are creating here. <laughs> Jesus. That's a pretty far down the total pole. He's like, do I have, if y'all didn't know, do I have my least favorite player in the NBA? Would you say he's your least favorite athlete in general? Yes, in Damn. general, least favorite personality, play style, undeserving of the one <laughs> ring that he has. Well, fun fact. Like, the man piggybacked his way all the way to a ring. Yeah, now look at him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might as well drift back to the magic in any career there. That's all I'm saying. Well, uh, yeah, that's our prediction on the East going forward. Moving along, folks, we have an NFL topic back in the rotation. Get used to it because these topics are going to be sticking around until, excuse me, football restarts come September. So you guys are in for a real treat every single week. So 
did the calculations here. Obviously, eight divisions in the NFL, eight weeks. That's roughly two months until the, uh, I think it's the week before the NFL season starts. So we're going to break down one division in the NFL every single week. Um, we're going to rank who had the best offseason. We're also going to go through their everybody's individual schedule and predict what their records are going to be. Um, and then we're going to predict for the teams that do make the playoffs uh, how far they'll go in the playoffs. So this week we are breaking down the NFC West to start it off. Um, yeah, I personally think the NFC West is the toughest division yes. in football. You'd agree with that, Shaq? Yes, it is the toughest division to play in, in football and the toughest to predict overall because yeah. anything can happen. And it's just one of those. The other division hard to predict is because they're so bad that <laughs> float over to the NFC East. Exactly, it doesn't matter what you. <laughs> just as hard to predict, but for a different reason. Yeah, this team, this bitch is so good. The other one's just too bad to sit here and try <laughs> and figure out what the, what's going on. <laughs> At the end of it, none of them deserve to be there. But <laughs> <laughs> the biggest loser. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So we'll just jump right into this. So we're gonna go through. Um, four, three, two, one. Who had the best off season in the NFC West? For me, I think that Arizona had the number one spot for off seasons. Um, they did lose, like say Patrick Peterson. That was probably their biggest loss. He's been there forever. Um, but I think they made up for him and a few other absences with who they picked up. They were able to get Malcolm Butler from the Titans to improve their secondary. Um, they give their young quarterback, Kyler Murray, give him a new weapon, bring in a veteran wide receiver in A.J. Green. Um, and then the big splash, of course, J.J. Watt. They land the, the big fish of the free agency, bring in Watt. I think he's going to be a game changer for their defense. Um, but, yeah, they were just a game away from making the playoffs last season. I think these moves should, should put them over the hump. I mean, with this brand new, all these new additions, it smells like one more win, which, yeah, I think they had the best offseason. I was going to be in the greens of that. J.J. Watt alone was going to put him in the number one spot. That adds veteran experience to the team, which I feel like the team is kind of a little bit green, so definitely adds right. to them. But if it's Now, to play devil's advocate here, would you say, as far as big splashes go, San Francisco did just get a new franchise quarterback and trade Lance? You'd still put Arizona over there. Yes, I don't think Lance is going to make a big enough impact right now in the next two seasons, so to really make a difference for them, honestly. Whereas JJ Watt, I feel like he is experienced enough that right. as soon as he comes in, difference maker. Yeah. Difference maker, so. Agreed. Number two, who do you have as your uh, second best offseason? Um, I was gonna put what's your face? What you just mentioned as their number two, as a number two. Oh, San Francisco. San Francisco as number two, as they made a big impact by adding franchise label to somebody and brand new player. <laughs> but like, they just came up short with the fact of Arizona kind of one up them, one up them with it. But like I said, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, Lance. I think we. I believe we both hit him with the old bus counter during the drafts. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know with Lance. I, I really like him. It's just unfortunately, I don't know if his play style will translate 
well in the NFL. So, you know, we'll have to see. But <clears throat> number two for me, I put the Rams. I think they also made one of the biggest splashes of the offseason, which was the Stafford for golf trade. Uh, yes, because of that trade, they won't have a first-round pick until 2072. But uh, I am sort of on this Stafford bandwagon in a way. I feel like I never thought that golf was a bad quarterback. I just thought that he was average. And Stafford is a nice, solid upgrade from Jay Goff. Uh, but yeah, like they—they've even with Goff as their quarterback, they were able to make deep playoff runs these past few years. Obviously, just three years ago now, yeah, three years ago they went to the the Super Bowl, um, and then just this past season they won a playoff game, and then you know went to the Lambeau Field and lost that one with Jared Goff being all banged up. Uh, but yeah, now that they have Stafford as an upgrade, I think that they have positioned themselves to clearly that they thought that was our problem you know we lost the super bowl we lost uh, another big playoff game it's because of the quarterback let's go out and just get somebody who's a good step up from him there we go we win those games now so rams you got no excuse now you got what yeah. you wanted i mean for my third place yeah, I was gonna put the Rams as that one. Stafford, I feel like you said is gonna make that all difference. He's got the experience and capability that. Right. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, one team got robbed out of kind of that trade, in my opinion. But like, they got one of the best, like third place, of course. But like, Stafford's gonna work magic for them. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm gonna touch on that once we get to some schedule stuff, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> At number four, that obviously leaves Seattle. Uh, Seattle didn't have a bad offseason. They just had a relatively boring one in comparison to these other three teams. Two of them got a brand new quarterback. Uh, and then, obviously, the Cardinals signed an array of star free agents. Uh, so, Seattle you know, didn't really have any huge names or any big moves happening there. They did get a new offensive um coordinator so hopefully him and russ can get that worked out in his uh waldron's his last name uh yeah ho- hopefully russell Wilson and him can get the offense worked out because obviously there was all that drama back and forth of russ not being happy with the offense and him supposedly wanting out and then that's all been shut down now but uh where there's smoke there's fire probably was legitimately unhappy with the offense and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how Seattle can revamp their offense coming into next year because they did kind of have a predictable offense. Mm-hmm. It was it was they seemed to do the same couple of things, and it was just kind of like Russell Wilson shrugging his shoulders, like the hell does Steve want me to do? Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, hopefully they open up more of the the passing game in more creative ways, and we'll see what they can do. But uh, as far as personnel goes. Nothing crazy. Uh, they let a bunch of dudes go um, that seem to, a few of them all signed with Jacksonville. Um, they also extended Tyler Lockett, which is good for them. Um, they got, of course, the star, Alden Smith, came over from Dallas. Um, I guess you can say that was a bright spot for them to pick up Alden Smith. He was 
pretty much the only bright spot for Dallas' defense last year. So that's, I guess that's cool, right? There's nothing bright about Dallas. <laughs> I know it's strange, folks, but uh, just technicalities. The best of the worst. Yeah, uh, still the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I put Seattle at number four for best offseason. I put them in the last slot for uh, offseason rankings. Shaq, what did you think about Seattle's offseason? They they had a middle of the pack type offseason when it comes to picking up and shuffling around. It wasn't nothing too. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't over the top when it came to picking up and trading players and all this type of foolishness. So I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. They stand out on like everybody else in the division who actually seemed to make big moves. Right. Big noteworthy yeah. ESPN headline grabbing moves. So I had Arizona 1, uh, LA 2, San Francisco 3, Seattle 4. I think we just had the middle two flipped. Right. You had San Francisco at 2. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I'm just making note of that. So, folks, I'm taking note of all this stuff so that come end of the the upcoming football season when we look back we can see what we originally said and uh <laughs> if it's cr- like crazy out of line we'll be like jesus that was a big screw up <laughs> but uh we'll see what happens on that front so moving into the next little s- part of this segment here um which is of course the records so we're gonna go through each team's uh, schedule and then predict how they're actually going to turn out. So we're going to start with the Cardinals here. I've got the uh, Cardinals, or sorry, this is the 49ers. That's not helping us right now. I had the 49ers twice. Uh, give me two seconds here, folks. I was ahead of the curve, and now I'm behind it, and now we are back on the curve. All right. Cardinals first. So I will. Uh, Titans, is that the first? Yeah. Did you want to go first, Shaq? Uh, L. Are they going to catch a fat L to, <laughs> okay. to the Titans and start? Shaq is saying 1 in or 0 oh 1 to Tennessee. You got Vikings. They, I put them above the Vikings. Okay. So 1 and 1. 1 and 1. Um, at Jacksonville. Uh, the 1 and 2. They're going to lose against Jacksonville. Okay. 1 and 2. <laughs> at Rams. <laughs> 1 and 3. Okay. <laughs> Two and th- I give them two and three. All I right, two and three against yeah. San Francisco yeah. at home. Then they go to Cleveland. Two and four. Two and four. Then the Houston Texans come to town. Two and five. <laughs> oh man, it was with Houston. <laughs> Jesus, two and five. Okay. Two and six against Green Bay. Green Bay comes to town. Two and six. I put three and six. For three and six, they get the revenge against San Francisco. Four and six against the Panthers. They beat the Panthers. Um, four and seven against the. Four and seven, they're gonna lose to Seattle. Yeah, five and seven against the Bears. Beat Chicago, okay. I say they go. They actually win this one against the Rams. So six and seven. For six and seven. Seven and seven for the Lions. We'll just steamroll over that little city there. Eight and seven for the Colts. Okay, eight and seven against Indy. Nine and seven against the <laughs> Cowboys. Cowboys late in the season, they had an L. And nine and eight versus the Cardinals. Versus Seahawks. I mean Seahawks. Okay. Yes. All right. So you have them going nine and eight. Nine and eight. Okay. So let me just put that right here. Nine and eight. All right. Uh, so I'll, I'll run through the same 
schedule here. So Titans, I have them beating the Titans. I have them beating the Vikings. I have them going to Jacksonville and beating the Jags. They're going to go to the LA Rams. They're going to lose. Then they're going to go to sorry, San Francisco. San Francisco is coming to them. They're going to win. They're going to go to Cleveland and they're going to shock the world on the road, beat Cleveland. Five and one so far. Yes, I have only so far only losing one game. Houston's going to come to town. They're going to steamroll Houston. Deshaun Watson's not playing until he gets. <laughs> never mind. Uh, yeah. They're going to steamroll Houston. Green Bay. They're going to lose that one. Uh, at San Francisco, they'll win. Carolina at home, they'll win. At Seattle, they'll lose. They're going to go to um, Chicago. They'll win. Take that, Justin Fields. Uh, the Rams, they'll win. Detroit, you already know. Indianapolis, they'll win. At Dallas, I'm predicting they'll lose that one. This is the time of year, folks. Those l- late games in the season where playoff implications are there. The Dallas Cowboys always make their runs late in the season that's when they rapidly scramble to win these games and then you know they'll, they'll win all of them until that last game of the season and that's when they drop it so the cowboys will get get theirs then and then the last game of the year seattle i think they beat them so what did i got them going 13 and 4 <sighs> i have a lot of faith in the uh cardinals this year it's a lot of faith in there yes Moving on to the next <coughs> schedule here, which is the Seahawks. I exactly. I got a lot of faith in the Seahawks this season. All right, Shaq. We have them at Indianapolis. Uh, Beating in Indianapolis. Take that, uh, Carson Wentz. Then uh, Tennessee at Seattle. That should be a great game. Beating Titans. Okay. Beating Vikings. Okay. I'm trying to remember what I said for the last games because I know they. Uh, I didn't oh, say San Francisco, so San, we're good. beating San Francisco, lose against the Rams. So I have them four and one so far. Um, <laughs> this is very complicated. <laughs> Steelers Sunday night, baby, October seventeenth. <laughs> uh, please don't judge me for this, but I have them beating the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, it's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> they are beating the Steelers. <laughs> See, guys, I'm not a hypocrite. I mean, not a hypocrite, but not biased. I will tell you the honest truth about what's going on. They're beating the Steelers. I'm sorry. They're going to stay close to the fourth quarter and some stupid shit's going to happen. <laughs> That's, that sounds pretty accurate. They're going to beat the Saints. Of course. Um, they're going to beat the Jags. They're going to lose against the Packers. So far, I only have them losing two games, right? Yes. Green Bay and LA, okay. Okay. Um, then the cards, which I don't think you had them beating the card, or I don't think you had the cards beating them. So they win that one again. Mm-hmm. They beat the a team with no name <laughs> for two years now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they beat the 49ers. <clears throat> then we have Houston. Ah, oh, they beat Houston. They lose against the Rams this time around. Okay, so they've lost three games now. Yeah. And then they beat the Bears, beat the Lions. And Cardinals again. Do I have them splitting? <coughs> I can't remember. I'll, I'll just say they beat the, they lose against the Cardinals. 
Okay, so... I, just, I say split that. Gotcha, so 13 four, and 4. 13 and 4. I have high hopes for Seattle to come I out. I see. Yeah, I probably should have kept, <laughs> kept game by game track because... <laughs> I don't want to make duplicates for like, yeah, I have... The Cardinals beat the Seahawks, but then we go to the Seahawks schedule. Like, yeah, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. But uh, anyway, so my prediction for Seattle. Uh, at Indy to start off the season, dub. Tennessee comes to town. I say Tennessee hands them a hot L. Just like that. Because I have the Cardinals beating the Titans in their own house first game of the season. So I think the Titans are going to be pissed off. They're going to come to Seattle. And Hannah Manel moving forward. At Minnesota, they're going to win that game. Sorry, Kirk. Uh, at San Francisco, they're going to win that game. Rams at home, they're losing that one. At Pittsburgh, sorry, Shaq, but. I mean, I. Yep. Uh, Saints, see you, Jameis. Jacksonville, come on. At Green Bay, I say they beat Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Then they've got Arizona, win. Washington, win. San Francisco win at Houston win. Excuse me. At the Rams L, I think they'll split against the Rams. Chicago. Justin Fields comes into his form. I say Chicago hands them an L on the road in Seattle. And it's gonna be one of those shockers where it's like, all right, Justin Fields has arrived, and uh, yeah, it's an L. Detroit, come on now, and then at Arizona, L. They'll split those games to Arizona. So I have them going 12 and 5. So I've got them one game under what Shaq had predicted. Uh, yeah, moving forward, <coughs> got the Rams, of course. Okay, folks, this is going to be a, a doozy here. <laughs> Shaq, you want to start us off with the Rams? Sure. They're going to beat the Bears. By the way, that's the first Sunday night game. Bears at Rams. Yeah, congrats to, the Ra congrats to the Rams. They're going to beat the Bears. They're going to beat the Colts. Yep. I'm sorry, they ain't beat the Bucks. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> they ain't beat the Bucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> then they got the Cardinals in L.A. Um, I'm going to give it to the Rams on this one. I think I gave it. I okay. gave, yeah, I give it to the Rams for this one. Uh -huh. so they are three and one? Yeah, three and one. They're okay. losing to the Bucks so far. Seahawks, I'm saying they lose against the Seahawks, so three and two. Okay. They beat the Giants, of course. They beat the Detroit, of course. I say they beat the Texans this time around. Okay, gotcha. And they lose against the Titans. You can tell my opinion against Tennessee, and that's my... Gotcha. Yeah. So so far they've only had one, two, three losses. Three losses. Okay. I think Bucks, Seahawks, and Titans so far. Okay. They beat the 49ers. They lose against Green Bay. Okay. Four losses. They beat Jags. Um I say they split against the forty the Cardinals. Okay. Five losses. Um, Seahawks again. I say they split it again. So was it six losses? Because I wait. I th I think you haven't split it against yeah, Seattle. Yeah. So. so split against Seattle. All right. So we still have five losses. And then I say they beat the Vikings. 
Okay. I say they. I want them to beat the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> I say they beat the Ravens, okay. and they beat the 49ers. Okay. So only five. Yeah, five losses. So it'll be twelve and five. Yes. <clears throat> so they're a game under uh, Seattle for Shaq. Me when it comes to LA, Chicago dub at Indy dub Tampa Bay L. They did beat Tampa in Tampa last year on Monday Night Football, so I'm saying Tampa gets the revenge this time. Fuck y'all. Uh, Arizona dub at Seattle dub the Giants dub Detroit at Houston dub Tennessee L at San Francisco L at Green Bay L Jacksonville dub at Arizona L Seattle dub at Minnesota dub at Ravens L San Francisco L (laughs) think Trey Lance comes into his own from the end of the year, and uh, this, the 49ers will figure them out by the end of the year, but I have to go in 10 and 7, moral of the story on that one. Um, which is actually only one game. The Rams finished 10 and 6 last year, so I think they're only one win better with Matthew Stafford. Oh. <laughs> I, I do think he's a better than Jared Goff, but... Not that much better for him. Uh, I don't know if that's their only problem. To me, it seems... I don't think... Oh, the quarterback's just... Mm, it seems a little bigger than that. But, uh, yeah, I, I say that they're only a win better than they were last year. Uh, last but not least, Niners. Alright, Jack. First one is real. They win. The Eagles, they win. L... L. <laughs> All right, two and two. L. All right, two and three. Win. Three and three. Win. Four and three. L. Okay. The, the, I'm pretty sure L. you're right. So, wait, four and four? Four and four. L. All right, four and five. L. Jesus, four and six. Win. Five and six. L. Six and six. I hope they win. Win. <laughs> Seven and six. Atlanta. Win. All right, eight and six. Tennessee. F, uh, eight and seven. L. Jesus, eight and eight. L. All right, eight and nine for San Francisco. That doesn't mean okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. All right, so for me, for San Francisco, at Detroit, I want to say an L. Surprisingly, hey, Detroit's got to win some games, people. <laughs> so Nobody goes 0-16. I, in I mean, scientifically, they don't exactly have to win every game, but. <laughs> it's an extra game this year. Okay. They have to win one of them. I mean, in theory, they can go 0-17, oh, <laughs> but. I'm not going to put that in the hearts of Detroit fans. <laughs> they would uh, mass suicide in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Detroit will come out strong. And they'll give all the entire city some hope with that first win and then just plummet the rest of the way down. Um, but anyway, at Philly, 49ers bounce back, win that one. Green Bay, y'all have beaten them. That's an L. Seattle, L. At Arizona, L. Indianapolis, Carson wants to get it together and beat y'all. L. At Chicago, L. Arizona, L. Rams, we get a dub on that one. 
because you know division rival they'll come back clap them up and you, you'll be on like a five game losing streak by that point so you'll have to get together uh at jacksonville l i think trevor lawrence will go ahead and give you all some work minnesota l seattle l cincinnati dub atlanta dub at tennessee loss houston you'll beat them finish out the season against the rams You'll beat them. So I have you sweeping the Rams, Niners fans. I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, you're going 6-11 and 11 in my books. So, so in other words, both of us have seen them having a very bad season. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think they actually won the same amount of games last year. Then they were 6-10. and 10. Uh, So sorry about that. But give Trey Lance some time. I don't see it happening this year. So, Shaq, your NFC West looks as Seattle number one. Uh, Rams number two, just a game under them. Then comes the Cardinals at nine and eight, and then the Niners at eight and nine. Yes, I, that's pretty much. If I was to predict it without calling the games, I would have definitely put Seattle on top. Um, gotcha. The Rams, as much as people want to put the Rams on top, I said Seattle comes through on top. Yeah, I mean, they, when it comes to Seattle, they can always. It would never surprise me if they finished the uh, the year off at the the division winner. Um, okay, come around Anthony. It's on halftime show. Right <laughs> so you can come do a little jar. <laughs> Two old heads. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So for me, I've got Arizona winning the NFC West at thirteen and four. Seattle at twelve and five, just being a game right under them. Got the Rams at ten and seven, not making the playoffs, and then I've got the Niners at six and eleven, which are obviously also not making yep. the playoffs. Uh, so, based on those predictions, nine and eight obviously in your book is not going to be enough. Or my bad, twelve and five. Yeah. So the Rams, they could be a wild, wild card, card team. Yes. Do you think? They will, or do you think there'll be another oh, a for better sure. team? Oh, for sure. I feel like they definitely could be a wild card team. Okay. I find it hard to think that it's going to be a lot of teams competing with 12 or 5. So that's very mm. competitive. And once again, we will have a team that will probably <laughs> break almost even and somehow still make playoffs. <laughs> which don't mention who. Yeah, yeah, which is so upsetting to me to see. You have teams going like eight and eight, and still some reason we made the playoffs. Like stop! <laughs> <laughs> by by default, you made the playoffs. So the Rams make it as a wild card team in your book. How far do you think they would go? Um, one and done. All right, that's fair enough. They are a wild card team. Yeah. Seattle, though, they win the division. How far do you think they will go? Um, because last year they got bounced in the first round to the Rams. So now, Super Bowl? Super Bowl? (laughs) (laughs) Don't hate me, (laughs) y'all. I I can see y'all cringing right now. As I I say that, you're like, this is the same (laughs) team we're talking about? Yes. I have a lot of faith in that team. Oh, you actually have to go to the Super Bowl? Yes. I, I was just messing around. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, second round or something like that. No. <laughs> Super Bowl. 
I mean, hey, if there is a team that was going to surprise you with making almost seemingly no big moves, like a lot of the same team and still going to the Super Bowl, probably the Seahawks. I see them very capable of the team they have now making Super Bowl. They just got to realize what play style suits them. Don't be yes. trying to do anything extravagant, over, anything over the top, just football. Right. Make play, Just make short plays, get down the field, get some points yeah. on board. We don't need no fancy-ass trade plays, yeah. no, none of this, none of that. Just get down the field. If you could just remember you got just a solid overall team and you don't need none of that. You ain't Patrick Mahomes where you can do all this fancy-ass shit down the field, 50-yard plays. Just play football. Yeah. <laughs> and why does it always seem like anytime they target Metcalf, it's always for some deep shot down the field? Like, can't you just give him, like, a little nice yeah. pick up a first down and live to fight another day? That's my thing. He's a big player. You can take hits. You can reach over people. We need five yards. Throw him in the middle of the field. Catch right. the ball. Go down. Get the first down. He's gonna catch it. They're gonna have to put two, three players on him. He doesn't necessarily have to be the one catching the ball to make the impact. He's gonna take up coverage. Find something. Something's yeah, gonna be open. Find the open man. I yeah. agree. They got the new offensive coordinator. Hopefully, he comes in and goes. Yeah, the whole playbook that y'all had before. Burn that. We're we're running some new stuff here because there's a lot of potential already here. Uh, yeah, so I've got Arizona making the playoffs as a division winner. I think they'll make a small run of the playoffs this, this year. This Arizona team reminds me a lot of Cleveland last year, where they really just came into their own and put themselves on the map as like, hey, we are putting ourselves into the title contender conversation. Uh, yeah, they have all the talent in the world on their team now, uh, so I think they'll make it past the first round and then like Cleveland probably get bounced in the second but they'll make a huge step forward and be like okay we got something here let's just keep building on this and we can hopefully make an even deeper run come the following year uh, I mean, you never know maybe this year I caught we called again I called again for a Super Bowl <laughs> roundabout I don't see me doing it two years in a row but you know what <laughs> Who knows, folks? I'm just saying, if I if I call it again, I'm I'm playing Lotto. Okay. <laughs> give a damn. He's gonna buy a million tickets. Exactly. I don't give a damn. But I call two Super Bowls and I'm I'm playing Lotto. I'll be buying the show into ESPN. Uh, yeah, and then I think that the the Seahawks could most definitely make it as a wild card team, um, if they go 13 and four without a doubt. Um, I also see them probably just the same as the Cardinals. I think they'll win a game in the postseason, but then probably get bounced out in the second round. So moral of the story is I do not have a Super Bowl contender coming out of this division. I think, unfortunately, they'll beat each other up too much. By the time they hit the postseason, they'll be kind of worn down and not as good. But, uh, yeah, I think that is our uh, that will round out our predictions for the NFC West. I think we'll probably run through all the NFC first. So next week, we'll you know either do East, North, or uh, South next. So probably save East for uh, very last. NFC <laughs> lose. But uh, on that note, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we have another NFL topic when it comes to wide receivers. So, hey. uh, we'll be back in just a second. And yeah. we are back. 
See, folks, if you rewind about 30 episodes ago, I would have hit that mute on accident and left it like that for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Look, people learn from their mistakes. Things happen. <laughs> we are a, a growing show, folks. Oh, well, it's forever. And those growing pains we have left behind us. Hopefully. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> next topic of the week, our top five. Wide receivers in the NFL. Now, this is obviously a very controversial topic. Now, this is not all time, folks. You're not going to hear any freaking Randy Moss in here or anything like that. This is currently, if we take last year's performances, combine those with our projections for next year, these are our, our top five receivers right now. So, we're going to start at number five and then work our way to number one. Um, I will go first for number five. I have none other than Seattle's DK Metcalf at number five. One of the biggest, most intimidating receivers you will probably ever come across. Uh, I've got the receiver stats here in front of me for last season. DK Metcalf has, to me, one of the most impressive receivers. receptions to total yards ratio out there 83 receptions to 1303 receiving yards that is a crazy number when you look at his competition most dudes who have about 1300 receiving yards they need 115 receptions they need 90 receptions they need you know well about 100 he's doing it with 83 to get the same amount of yards or, you know, around the same amount of yards. That's crazy. And he also had uh, 10 touchdowns to go with that. Uh, DK Metcalf, I think he's an absolute baller. Love watching him play. Uh, again, like we mentioned earlier, I would like to see him be used a little more creatively instead of just deep shots down the yes. fields, which I think that does play into that ratio a bit because a lot of those are coming on just – go long and you know he's just taking them deep down the field but uh yeah i've got dk at my number five uh for my number five another shocking stat is i'm having ab antonio brown is number five Shaq has antonio brown as num- top five it is nuts i have to go to another page to find him <laughs> i might have to go to a, several pages here uh, the old website all together <laughs> He's actually not even on the NFL. Stats. It sounds so uh, <laughs> junior league. I'm not sure where he's at, but uh, anyway, I'll try and I, look for him. I'll here. give Antonio Brown that because for a man who took basically almost two seasons off, I feel like yep. of football, comes back, makes a decent impact on the team, comes back, makes a good performance on Super Bowl. Makes amazing catches. Got a touchdown pass out of it. This man has proven that time off has not stopped him from putting in the work when he had time off and making it count. Proven that this man is forever going to be unstoppable. And in future seasons, I I see him doing really well no matter what team he comes in. If you do not double this man, you are not doing nothing with this man. So Antonio had 45 receptions for 483 yards. Four touchdowns. So, if you were assembling a team, and let's just say your other four receivers have already been taken. 
<laughs> you would take Antonio Brown. Here's the thing. The only reason I wouldn't take him is because he's on a team with so many offensive weapons that the ball can be distributed more than a team that has one big receiver. So, of course, he's getting the ball heavily. If you think of him being on the Bucks, the Bucks have so many offensive weapons that they can use. It's so mm. the stats are hard to prove because right, and he also didn't play a whole year. Yeah, so it's hard. Only like the last few games of the season. Yeah, I'm going off of his impact on a whole on a team that people are still keeping an eye on him and still watching okay. heavy. But so you would still take him over, say. A Julio or a oh yeah, absolutely. For the plain fact that he's still got his his body's got rest out for being off, and he's still very capable of being out there making bigger impacts. I feel like Damn. than Julio. You take more than Adam Thielen? <laughs> yes. And <laughs> hey, people sleep on Adam Thielen a lot. Fourteen touchdowns on the year. He carried Minnesota's offense. I mean, they got Juju up there, so I don't really need to hear. <laughs> Technicalities. Uh, anyway, yeah, Shaq Scott, Antonio Brown is number five. Y'all can do as you wish with that information. Uh, TikTok, go easy. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins is my number four. D Hop, some of the best hands in the NFL. Uh, he had 115 receptions. 1,407 yards. Surprisingly, only six touchdowns on the year. Um, I've got a couple theories on why that is such a, a smaller number than you might imagine. But anyway, yeah. D-Hop, of course, he made that uh, Hail Mary catch this past season where he over three or four. Hell, seemed like the whole team of the Buffalo Bills <laughs> <laughs> caught the ball over him. Kept you running off the bench cover. <laughs> <laughs> he still seemed to make the catch. Uh, yeah. D-Hop is, is still that dude to me. I originally had him further up on my list. I think I had him at number two originally. And then I actually checked the stats and saw he only had 16 touchdown receptions, so I kind of just had to put him down just almost by default. Uh, yeah, I really don't know why he doesn't seem to get targeted more in the, the end zone. Um, yeah, I, to me, it's just strange as to why that is. I'm, I'm assuming it's a lot of it is just him. he's keyed in on as hey, do not let him catch the ball in the end zone because obviously that's what Kyler Murray is looking to first. So I'm assuming because he's that number one option, he has a very hard time in the end zone. Uh, so that's my speculation on that one but uh yeah d hop is still that dude to me uh that's my number four my number four number four y'all still gonna hate me throughout this wide receiver <laughs> number four is gonna be Devonte adams as number four okay for my thing uh very impactful in the game of course as you can see 115 catches oh just over 1300 yards 18 touchdown passes <laughs> led the lead exactly or led the leagues all right my thing is, like I said, done really well. Great receiver. He does like A-Rod throwing the ball to him, which really does help your stats a lot because that man don't miss. Right. So it's for a very accurate receiver, quarterback. Uh-huh. As a receiver, it's probably not a lot of effort on your part because the ball is probably, probably going to hit you. At, <laughs> right. Basically, unlike some other quarterbacks who just throw in the vicinity, this man A-Rod looks to probably hit you. So really, really good. 
like I said, it helps. It, it helps him a lot that he has a great quarterback throwing it the ball downfield. So, yeah, he's a. Uh, he's actually my number three. So that's a perfect segue right into that. Uh, yeah, like you said, eighteen touchdowns. That was the most in the NFL as of last year, uh, and it wasn't even really that close. I mean, Tyreek is close to fifteen. Yeah, Tyreek is close to fifteen, and besides that. There really wasn't anybody anywhere near that. Uh, but, yeah, like he said, it does help that he has A-Rod there, and it really helps that A-Rod clearly likes him a lot uh, because, I mean, hey, you just put the ball right in his vicinity, and usually Adams will come down with it. Uh, he's got the size for it, uh, and the fact that he's had 115 receptions, crazy, with the amount of yards that he's picked up. Pretty big dude, like – Again, like he can just put the ball up right up into his uh, stratosphere, and Devontae Adams will come down with it. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, I always go back to that game last year against the Titans in the snow in Green Bay, and it just seemed like it was just Rodgers to Adams the entire game, and Adams was just schooling them in the snow, and they had absolutely no idea to do with him. Fantasy people, if you had Adams that week, I know you were happy because you probably shit on whoever you were playing. And, uh, yeah, I specifically remember that game for that exact reason. Uh, yeah, Devontae Adams is my number three. Shaq, who you got at number three? My number three is going to be Tyreek Hill as number three. Okay, okay. We all know him as a speed king of the NFL. Yep. Yeah, he has my home stone in the ball downfield. We saw him, 87 receptions, 1,200 yards for the season, 15 touchdowns. Very complete, man. Very, very complete. I give it to him. It's hard to guard somebody when the uh, the league is very catered to receivers, per se. Mm-hmm. You can't touch these men just about. And if you cannot get physical with a man like Tyreek at a line and you let him get past you there, once, yeah. he's, once he's past you, he's past you. So. Tyreek is my number two, mm-hmm. uh, which is on that same same topic. Like you said, if he if he gets past you, it is over because Mahomes is going to see it, and that's exactly where he's going with the ball. And Tyreek is just heat-seeking missile, man. Wherever the ball is at, he's going to find his way underneath it and pick that thing up and go straight to the house with it. He is incredibly fast. Uh, the fact that he has 15 touchdowns on 87 receptions, that's absolutely nuts because Devontae Adams has 18 on 115 receptions. So, like, that right there, the fact that he can score like that, pretty sure, like, four of those came in the first half against Tampa Bay in the regular <laughs> season. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill, man, he is one of the best out there the Chiefs are extremely fortunate to still have him around for another year don't know how they're paying everybody still you have some kind of uh Fortnite V-Bucks and and less transaction got the Hogwarts banking system (laughs) just keep pulling money on out the vault (laughs) exactly (laughs) but hey whatever y'all gotta do I'd say keep that man around and again it does help that you have Patrick Holmes throwing him the ball sure but uh, hey, that you'll probably notice that in the the top three of our hell, almost all top five of our entire list, they're all accompanied by a outstanding quarterback. Yeah. Uh, 
Shaq, uh, who's your number two? My number two is DeAndre Hopkins, is number two. Nice. Amazing receiver, great hands. Possession is nine tenths of the law, as they say in football. So you put yeah. the that man catching it, the man keeping it. So that is so true. I feel like that's the thing. Even with neither short yardages, I feel like that man would probably be very capable of doing that. 115 receptions, four, just over 1,400 yards. Wow. Yeah, he's killing it. Absolutely killing it. Uh, that moves us to number one. I had to put, of course, by the numbers, number one. And also, just in my opinion, Stefan Diggs took the cake for me. He had an incredible year last season 127 receptions 1535 yards and then eight touchdowns to go with it he was absolutely on fire uh i loved watching him play they the buffalo bills did a fantastic job of saying we need to give josh allen a weapon after last offseason to go who can we go get hey minnesota I know Stephon Diggs does not want to be up there with y'all. Think we can get him? Yeah, go ahead and take him. And Josh Allen probably got on his knees and thanked his lucky stars for getting that man because that duo right there, in my opinion, is probably top three in the NFL. I'd say Metcalf and Wilson, Tyreek and Mahomes, and I say Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. And you can put that in whatever order you want, depending on which Sunday it is. But Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Any given Sunday. Yeah, that those two are insane. Whenever the ball's coming his way, somehow, some way, he just figures out how to bring it down. And uh, yeah, he's he's. I love watching him play. So Stephon Diggs, my number one. Oh, my number one. A man mentioned already, DK Metcalf. I put that man's number one. Very young. What is this? His third season in the NFL. Yeah, it's going into his third season. Yeah, there's a lot of potential in this man. Huge, huge man for receiver. Very, very fast. Yeah. So I'm like, move. this man can move. And if they would utilize this man properly, instead of just sending him downfield to chuck it up, if they'd actually use him in the middle of the field, sidelines for short passes, get him through, this man will could probably be one of the most lethal receivers in the next year or two in football. Yeah. If they just start using him to chuck him downfield, yeah, he's not Tyreek. You don't need this man racing outfield right. all the time. You just need like there's not many defenders that go sit there and cover this man one v one. He's one of those people that they're gonna have to put a linebacker and safety on or a linebacker on the corner on at some point. It, yeah, it, right. At some point in the game, it's like all right. Yeah, so we're gonna have to play to his size. Yes. So it, I don't think his numbers his numbers are amazing looking at it, but like mm. it could be better if they were to utilize his size and his speed better than just having him race downfield as fast as he could to catch the ball. So there you have it, folks. A lot of similarities there. Um, for a runner up, have to mention Justin Jefferson. The only reason I did not put him at number five, like this is really hard for me to not include him in there. Uh, Last year was just his freshman year. He'll be in his sophomore year this time around. So it's really hard for me to just declare somebody one of the best when it's like, all right, what's he going to do after teams have had a while to, to look at the tape and adjust? Because a lot of people have one great year, and then <laughs> once the defense keys in on them, it's like, all right, well, that was fun. Uh, so I can't put him in the top five now, but if, if – 
JJ can keep up this performance throughout next year, oh, he's undoubted one of the best in the NFL right now. Because, I mean, he had 88 receptions with 1,400 yards. Him after the catch. To me, right now, he's the best receiver after the catch that there is. I mean, he gets the ball and just is going to shimmy his way out of everything and see you later and taking it to the house. Uh, love watching him play. Uh, but, yeah, that would be my runner-up. I figured I would just mention him. Jack, you have any, uh, anybody else you wanted to? Oh, runner-up, I would tie it up with Jefferson and Diggs as my runner-up. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing numbers for this man. I mean, I would like to see more touchdowns for a man who has that many receptions and right. yards, but things happen. Coverage, I understand defenses. Right, keying in on. on certain people, but like uh, that'd be a great number six man right there. Something I thought was really interesting on this list: second in receptions is Travis Kelsey, a tight end. That's crazy. <laughs> I feel like those guys get a lot of numbers only because it's such a pass-heavy offense. Uh-huh. That the receivers yeah. are just going to get right. high receptions regardless. Yeah, I mean, when they have Tyreek Hill to worry about, it frees up Travis Kelsey in a lot of instances. Yes. They run the ball total 15 times for the season. <laughs> 15 times on the season. <laughs> <laughs> that was the rest of it up. <laughs> um, uh, also, Darren Waller, the tight end from the Ra- Raiders, he's also pretty high up on this list, which is nuts. 107 receptions. Almost 1,200 yards and uh, nine touchdowns. So that's, I mean, it props to him for beating out a lot of people. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's top five wide receivers. We're going to be doing our top five for pretty much every position as far as like quarterback, running back, tight end, and then defense uh, between now and the start of the NFL season. So, uh, yeah, folks, a lot of football coming your way before September rolls around. Getting me back, you guys. Hyped up for football season. Here we yes, go. Ramping it back up. To finish out today's show, we have the status of the Western Conference Finals. Now, this is going on right now. We're in the third quarter of game six. Kind of hard to say anything quite yet. It is about to be a uh, seven point game here in a second. But, yeah. I, I originally picked the Suns to win this series, Shaq. I think you picked the Suns as well. Yeah, Paul George has like sixty, uh, has like forty, almost fifty points already. No, I'm not reading. <laughs> Probably, are we? You say almost fifty points. Yeah, I don't know what I was reading. <laughs> I was gonna say what the fuck? Cause the Clippers <laughs> have fifty-eight points total, <laughs> so that would be fucking Michael Jordan. Uh. Anyway, yeah, the the Suns are up right now by uh, eight points, actually. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I I think the Clippers will probably close them out here tonight. I feel like my original pre- prediction was uh, Suns in six, but I could have said Suns in seven. I don't really remember. If I'm sorry. Uh, <clears throat> yes, yeah. I think they'll they'll close them out tonight. However, if for whatever somehow reason they don't, let's say playoff P plays like playoff P, uh, and it goes to a game seven, this will be in Phoenix. Do you do you change your prediction at all? Yeah, so put Phoenix is winning this game. Okay, it's gonna put so much wear and tear on LA. 
yeah to ball out this many games in a row and phoenix not just kept phoenix is i feel like youth is gonna definitely right work work to their advantage yeah also throwing the fact that chris paul is trying to get to that elusive finals and i, I this right now this is his best shot at winning a ring that he will ever have because if he does get I me mean, one more game you get to the finals Who's gonna meet you on the other side? Either a Giannis-less Milwaukee Bucks, or there's a good chance of a Trey Young-less Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Like, I mean, or if either one of those two players do play at the same time, like that's, that's the best option. case scenario. Either yeah. way, like you, there's no Kevin Durant waiting for you. Yeah, on, I was gonna say. Nets. Worst case an option, you have to face Giannis or Trey Young. Right. Worst, Worst case, case scenario, yeah. So I, I feel like. Chris Paul knows this damn well. Knows this, and it's like I'm just I'm not gonna lose. I'll make sure I'll do whatever I have to do. I'll get in my teammates' ears, make sure they do what they need to do. Uh, unfortunately for the Clippers, I don't see it happening. If Kawhi was healthy, which is a, an anomaly, just saying that. Uh, oof, Marcus Morris putting on a move. Uh, yeah, if Kawhi was healthy, I think totally different story. But Clippers, y'all had an outstanding run this year. You finally got through your curse. You made it to the conference finals for the first time ever. Um, if it's just unfortunate that Kawhi went down, I I really don't think that you guys didn't have any meltdowns this time around. You finally put that behind you. Your team really played themselves to the fullest, but I don't think it's going to be enough in this instance against a Phoenix team that is. For the most part, pretty healthy. Like if you look at everybody who's left right now, Phoenix is still at just about a hundred percent. So, yeah. Anything else you want to mention on this series, Shaq? Um, I'm hoping to speak a uh, Super Bowl in existence. If y'all it on me, y'all see me on the next mansion. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> just bet some money on the yeah. Super Bowl picks now, and you'll make a ridiculous return come next february uh yeah that's gonna do it for this week's show folks by next week we'll know exactly who's in the finals unless unless somehow atlanta and milwaukee go to a game 10 (laughs) (laughs) but uh we should know exactly who's in the finals next week and it, it should be like either just about to start or around there uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but yeah. If you want to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, it is at AFR Sports. We on all the social medias. Exactly, it's the same on both at AFR Sports. And uh, yeah, folks, that'll do it. We will see you all next week, giving you some finals predictions. And uh, thanks for watching. Peace. Be safe.